Welcome to Belief Busters Podcast, where we change the world one belief at a time. I'm your host, Reverend Cherie Taylor-Jones, and I'm really glad that you could join us on the journey. Welcome to another episode of Belief Busters. Today, I'm really excited to have Vicky Boucher joining us, and she is from the UK, and I'm so excited that she's here with us. So let me tell you a little bit about Vicky. Vicky started investing in property in 2008 and has been in the Telegraph's top UK's 25 most influential people in property. She is an inspiring speaker and author of five books, including finalist in the Business Book Awards in March 2020. Vicky's success comes from understanding that her belief system is the thing that will make life smooth sailing or a hurricane. Everything is about our thoughts. She says she doesn't focus on the gaps or have negative thoughts, but her thoughts are about the inner chatter of solutions. So I've really excited to invite her to talk about transforming negative beliefs. Vicki, welcome. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Hi, Sheree. Hi, darling. It's so good to connect with uh, someone from the UK again. Um, you may not know this, but I was actually born there. Um, I was born oh, in wow. London. Yeah. Ah. And when I was eight, we came to the state. So it's uh, so I don't have the accent unless I'm really tired or angry. <laughs> then it slips out. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so I'm excited to talk to you about transforming negative beliefs, especially from the perspective of abundance and wealth and prosperity. And so let me just start from the beginning. What were some of the negative beliefs that you think stop people from thriving? In general, I think it's around uh, the start of a sentence, I can't, you know, so something that's limiting you. Um, I can't be rich because I can't be wealthy because I can't have this because I can't do that because so you, you, you're, holding on to something that is negative and then explaining why and reinforcing why. And I think one of the most important things if you're going to look at beliefs and, and all of this is the language we use. If you start to look at your language, language, obviously language has meaning, but language has like two meanings. So the word because is a justification. So when you say, um, I can't lose weight, that's fine, that's a statement, then you're not reinforcing that, you're just making the statement. Um, I I can't make enough money a month. You're making a statement. From that statement, you can go in and you can go, well, why? Mm -hmm. But if you say, I can't lose weight because it's in my genes, my family's big, you're already giving yourself the excuse why anything that I then say to you won't work. Um, I can't make enough money because um, I flunked out of school. So you're already making those excuses. And as soon as you start to justify, or the other way around, you can do, you can blame. I can't make enough money because my boss at work hates me and never gives me overtime. Oh, so it's their fault. Mm -hmm. And do they really hate you or 
do you not show up at work in a way that makes them go, oh, I've got some overtime. You are a really good worker. I need you to stay late and get this done for me. You know, so when we get into that sort of chatter already, that's when you're making life difficult for yourself. Yeah, I get that. And where do, where do you think that those, because um, what you're talking about is self-defeating, self-sabotage mm -hmm. uh, thoughts and languaging. Where do you think all of that comes from? Where do we get it from? Well, it, it can come in all sorts of places. Some people, it's it's given to them. So I remember doing an exercise. I, I did a lot of NLP training. So I don't know if you've come across that. It's neuro-linguistic programming. And it's really, if you listen to the words, it's about linguistics. So it's understanding the mind and the self-talk and everything else. And one of the exercises was to get rid of some of the limiting beliefs that I had. And when I looked at the words that I was using, those words had been words that I had absorbed from my surroundings. So some of them were from school. So as a, and you might notice this by the end of this podcast, when I was younger, I was a chatterbox. There's a surprise. Um, <laughs> and, and when you're a chatterbox, you sort of stand out, you know, because kids sort of like try to maybe hide themselves. And I was, and I was like the little bull one. And that chatting tells people about you and then gives other people the opportunity to go I don't like you because the things that you said you know you've got this you've got that whatever and I haven't got that so you can start to see that sort of stuff coming around then you leave school and you, you get through the education you go to work and then maybe employers say things to you or work colleagues say things to you and before that and around all of that is family and community and so you can absorb words that are given to you you can choose not to absorb the words and that's the defense and i'll tell you about that afterwards but it's the absorbing of the words that you then start to put on like layers of clothes and you carry them around with you as you know shackles and weight and they don't serve any purpose other than to drag you down and if you can recognize that's not what I actually think about myself. And there's this set of words, and I know that's not what my mother thinks of me, uh, even though that kid at school said it. Or um, I know that's not what my partner thinks of me, even though the employer or work colleague said it. And you can start okay. to shuck off these layers and then choose the words that you want to put on and pick just half a dozen great words about yourself and wear that as your cloak. And then that becomes armor to then defend off when you meet other people who want to throw words at you that you don't want to accept about you. Mm, great. So was there a time that you um, had negative beliefs about yourself? And if so, then what was your process to assess them, release them and create new beliefs? I don't, think I knew that I had negative beliefs about myself and that's because I didn't have that as a language years ago okay. so I didn't we're not taught about this stuff at school and I no, well, we'll learn more our kids will learn more about it but when we were at school it, it wasn't talked about mental mm -hmm. health and all of that sort of stuff mm -hmm. whereas now they even have mental health as topics in school so I think the words um, self-belief or limiting belief is something that younger people will have heard about and through social media. But because I didn't have that as a language, I didn't go, 
oh yeah, uh, the reason I feel this or the reason I don't believe that I can do that is because I have this limiting belief that I am X, insert bracket. Mm -hmm. um, and because it wasn't conscious, it wasn't something that I could do. I couldn't, couldn't go, oh, I've got this, uh, therefore I don't want it and therefore I can put it to one side. It didn't happen like that. Purely, purely by chance, one of those email things came through and it was an invitation to a free event. And, you know, mm -hmm. most free events are always a reason to make you spend lots of money. And yes. I spent lots of money. But out of all of the lots of monies that I've spent over the years, this was the best one. Um, it was a form of, and, and I'll use the American version for you, you've got Tony Robbins. It was a mm -hmm. form of robbins style education um we are reserved british people we went into a room where they wanted us to dance to clap to shout out things like you're great you're awesome you know it's just you know some of it was a little bit like oh i think i feel <laughs> sick but actually because i'm half italian which is not really ah. where the, the european name comes from hugging great didn't have a problem with that so i was like in it you know i could I don't know that I really wanted to get up on the stage straight away, but I didn't mind just passing compliments on and hugging people. So I opened myself up to this experience, and this was the NLP training from originating from Richard Bandler. So if you're listening and you don't know about this, look up Richard Bandler, look up Tony Robbins, look at some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. And basically what we're saying in brief is that through our lives, these labels can attach themselves to us, the limiting beliefs, you can choose to not have them anymore or you can choose to not accept them anymore and you can choose to replace them with things that are more empowering and through this training what i learned is not so much what the exercise was but what i learned was that whatever you say to me now is your opinion and if what's happening is you're saying to me um, Vicky, you're fat. Vicky, you're stupid. Vicky, you're this. Vicky, you're that. It's because you're a woman. It's because you're this. And we allow those words to filter into my life. Then mm -hmm. they attach themselves to other occasions when I've heard those words and become reinforcing statements. Yes. What I have to recognize and what I learned out of all of this, and, and all of your listeners can just choose to take this belief on now is that everybody's doing the best they can. And what you're saying is words from your view of the world. And you, you're doing the best you can, and these are the words that describe the word, the world, from behind your eyes. Well, you and I could sit side by side and look at a view over a lake and the trees, and you would see the thunderclouds rolling in, and I would see the sunset going down and the beautiful sunset. Mm -hmm. You know, so we can be close to one another and still view different things. And that's because of the labels that we're already carrying with us and the experiences that we've had. So if I just accept that your view of this vista is, is actually OK for you to have that view, because that is your view. I choose to have a different view. Mm -hmm. And it usually happens when one of you is more positive and one of you is less positive or one of you is more negative and one of you is less negative that you find this fracture line between the mm -hmm. views you don't have to take on somebody else's negative views negative opinions because they're trying to do the best they can you're possibly in a different place on your journey yes 
help them I'm, if you can. Yes. I really like the taking on and wearing the labels, you know, that, that when we were younger, yes, you know, they were kind of put on us, right? All these labels were put on us. And then as we get older, we now have a choice of does this, do I want to carry this label anymore? How about that? I can take off that label. Mm -hmm. And so what I think the power is in that is that that means now I can create a new. I can make a choice to look at myself in a different manner and not buy into those labels. And one of the reasons that I really wanted to have the conversation with you is because your specialty is in investing properties and wealth. And I know so many people who have these labels attached about wealth, about being prosperous, and there's this sense of a lack consciousness that keeps us stuck. So why don't we start with what does the term wealthy mean? I think a lot of people, when I ask this question, they'll have completely different opinions, and that's absolutely fine. My version of it is if I explain the difference to me between wealth and rich, rich is the sum total of your bank account. It's about money. Rich is the sum total of your bank account. Wealth is the sum total of your life. So wealth for me is more than just money. It's do you have enough money to live the life with the people that you want to live it with in the way that you want to live it. And I know we had a conversation earlier and I would say that you are an extremely wealthy woman, Cherie. You are, you've made a choice about how you want to live your life with the person you want to live it with and, and you're living it. And I feel I'm an extremely wealthy person because I'm with the person I've chosen to be with and I'm living my life in the way that I want to live it. It's nothing to do with our bank accounts. It doesn't matter whether you've got more money than me or I've got more money than you. That's not it. We have enough money to live the life in the way that we want. In fact, we've probably got a bit more than enough money to live the life the way that we want. If you're coming at a position of lack, then wealth to you might seem thing, something that other people have and relate to material things. And it's very different, definitely not about material for me. It's about quality of life, which does include some things like a place to live in and some clothes to wear and some food to eat. But it's not the focus on that. It's the focus of the, the glue that keeps it all together, the people and the experiences and the memories and the emotions and the love that is where the wealth is. Now, money has a role to play because if you don't have the money, then you might not be able to create the wealthy life that you want. Right. But that's just a matter of changing the way you think. And it really- Say more, say more, say more. I'm excited about this. <laughs> well, because if you think you're poor, you will be poor because all you'll see, it's like I said, those reinforcing thoughts, you'll see things to reinforce that you're poor. You don't even need to do the because I'm poor because I was born in this part of the city or I was born to these parents. You don't even need to justify it because what you'll do is you'll work hard to see every bill that comes in and everything else that's going on that reinforces your poorness. Oh, look, they treated me like that because I'm poor. It's the same with some women, for example, might think that they're not doing well at work because they're a woman. Actually, that might be true as well. But you then start to search for reinforcing beliefs. And of course, 
you know, being a woman of color, then you might start to find things that you're then going to go, oh, it's because of my color, it's mm -hmm. because of my gender, it's because of my parents, it's because of where I am. Mm -hmm. Don't justify that, right? Don't have that as a label. Why label yourself poor and then set out to live a life to prove how poor you are? Why not decide what life you actually want to live? Now, however this is, how do you want to live? We spoke before the show. You made a decision on how you want to live your life. We talked about how I was living my life during the period of lockdown at the first part of 2020. And we make our decisions and then work out how much it costs to live your life like that. Now, there's three levels of money. It's, there's not. There's many other things. But in my description and my model of the world, there's three levels of money. There is enough money, which is the amount of money that you require on a monthly basis, or you can do it weekly, a monthly basis to pay all the bills that you need to pay that are the essentials. So it's okay. the cost of living in a physical space. Mm -hmm. It's the cost of um, uh, you can put food in there if you want, or you can take food out. Either way, I take food out of there. It's your um, travel costs. It's your uh, home costs. It's your utility costs. It's your life insurance if you have that. It's all the essentials that you have. And and sadly, in the essentials in, in England, it would be a TV license, in, um, and it would be your Wi-Fi connection, and it would be the cost of your mobile phone and things like that, because they are sort of essential unless you're going to go off-grid to function mm -hmm. fine mm -hmm. then there is the um next level of semi-essentials which are the variable essentials which is food so if i knew for example that my essentials cost me a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. then what i need to do is i need to look at my money and go right the first thousand of everything needs to go into a separate bank account and pay my commitments mm -hmm. how much have i got left and I'm mm -hmm. going to say 500 and I'm going to say 400 because it's going to make my maths nice 400 left. So now my next level of commitment is eating and clothing, eating and clothing and feeding my children, clothing my children and those that are in my mm -hmm. household. Now I only have $400 or pounds left. So therefore I only have a hundred a month, uh, sorry, a hundred a week. So when I go shopping, I look at what I've got, I budget it. I buy what I need in terms of food. And if I've got any money left over, then I can replace a clothing item if I need mm -hmm. to or buy the school shoes. Now, I'm not saying this as a as flippant and as a property investor and someone who's been named in the newspapers and all of that. I lived this when my marriage broke up and I had two small children. I was lucky mm -hmm. enough to get the government to give me a property to live in. I still had to pay the rent to the landlord, mm -hmm. to the owner of that. And I did that. I had a small budget and I allocated the money for the bills. Every month that money went in to pay the bills. What was right. left was what we bought. And as I left, uh, came home from university and, and eventually from work, I would go to our local supermarket at the end of my road. I would look for what food had been reduced. Do you do that in America? So like if the date's yeah. near, you reduce the food. So I yeah. looked at what food was going out of date today and had the reduced sticker on it. And if it was chicken, we ate chicken that night. And if it was sausage, we ate sausage that night. And if mm. there was no food reduced, then we had a tin of frankfurters. I think you get them in packets. Mm -hmm. tin of frankfurters, some rice, and a tin of chopped tomatoes. And I would make like a risotto out of it. Mm -hmm. And we ate 
we cut our cloth according to the money that we had. And when I knew the children mm -hmm. needed new school shoes, I was putting that little bit of money away. You can do that. It's it's a a determination to live the life that you want. And once you get that under control, once you start to take control of money, instead of allowing money or more importantly, debt to control you, you start mm -hmm. to think differently because mm -hmm. now you have choices. Now you have options. And so you start to take your thinking up a level and then you have more choices and more options and you take it up a level. And it's not about struggling with the debt and and the lack it's about looking for the opportunity okay this is great i know how to manage my money how can i make more money what can i do to get a pay rise at work what can i do to get that hours overtime because hours overtime would make a difference could i start a business on the side am i ready to start investing in mm -hmm. something you know mm -hmm. something online or whatever you want because you change the way you think about stuff so you talked about the three levels that you use in your model one is oh, so sorry, yeah. And then more than enough. So more than enough takes you from paying your basics and your food to going, okay, we'd like some clothes and maybe we'd like a holiday. I want to save up and replace the TV or I need to replace my phone. So that the things that you want to have in your life, not the luxuries, but they're also not essential, but they're things mm -hmm. that you need in your life that you want to change. Then much more than enough is where the luxuries come in. So much more than enough is where you put your holiday in, is where you put your car in or change your car or whatever. So you can set those values. So if you've got 1,500 is what you need for enough to pay your bills and to pay your food, and you earn 2,000 a month, you've mm -hmm. got 1,500 enough, and you've got 500 of more than enough. And if you mm -hmm. then budget it, you can start to allocate how you spend. You can start to make those choices. So it sounds like a real practical way of training yourself now to look at wealth differently and to look at money as simply a, a tool. Very definitely. Very definitely. And, and that's exactly one of the beliefs I have, that money is a tool. And I also, just to, to stick another thing in there, that in terms of belief systems, because that's what this is about, everything I have in my life right now is a mm -hmm. result of the decisions and the actions I have taken. Anything that I might feel that is missing in my life or not as I would like it to be is also as a result of actions and decisions, but probably ones that I haven't taken. So there's no judgment there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, if if I've got good stuff in my life, the fact that I'm doing this with you is because I made the decision to reach out, to send you a message, and you made the decision to reach back and make a conversation with me, and that's how we're both here, because of the decision that we took. Yeah. But equally, we could not be in this situation because we didn't we didn't take those decisions and actions. And your wealth... And your life, which starts any minute now, is a result of the actions and the decisions you're going to take. And you can choose to shuck off the labels, to uh, change the way that you think about things, to look for the positives, not to notice the gaps. So don't focus on the rain clouds unless you're a farmer and you want rain, which <laughs> is good for you. But, you know, don't don't moan about the, the rain clouds. Look at the beautiful sunset. Be grateful for what you have and do gratitude. And I'm sure... I'm sure you've spoken a lot about gratitude on your show, but, you know, gratitude to reinforce that 
positivity in your life. That's that's what's important. Brilliant. Thank you. So before I, I ask you to tell us what you do and how people can get in contact with you, do you feel that there's anything else that you want to say to our listeners to really get them to shift those labels and live the life they truly deserve? I think it should be about permission. That would be that would be a, a good thing to leave people with. So my question to you, the listener or the viewer, is do you need permission to make this change right now? And if you need permission, who do you need permission from? Is it yourself? Is it an internal permission? Actually, yes, Vicky, I give myself permission to be wealthy and to change my life for the better. Or is it that you feel that you need permission from outside? Now, it could be that you're in a relationship with someone and so you want to discuss this with your partner, you want to bring them along. But permission is, um, dear partner, dear husband, dear wife, dear boyfriend, dear girlfriend, dear parent, um, I want to do something about my life to make my life more wealthy, more full of gratitude and love. Um, can I? That's a very different sort of asking permission. Mm -hmm. And if what you need to do is have external permission, I'm giving you that permission. On behalf of your parents, on behalf of your teachers, on behalf of your partners, because I know from my experience, and that's my experience, so we can't argue with it because it's my experience, my view of the world, I believe that everybody wants everybody to do well. So I know that if you had that conversation with your parents, teachers, partner and everything else and you explained, of course they would want you to have a wonderful life, a wealthy life, one that's got great health, great finances, great friends, great emotions. Why would they deny that of you if they love you? If they actually deny it, then do they really love you? And if you need internal permission, then please go ahead right now and give it to yourself. And the permission is to do whatever is necessary to live the wealthy life that you truly deserve. And you do deserve to live a wealthy life. We all do. Full of love. And from that, time with the people that matter, doing the things that matter to you, maybe helping in your community or digging your vegetable patch or traveling with your partner, whatever it is. And that will take some money. So you need to put in the practicals underneath. But you can live that wealthy life. Give yourself the permission or I just gave it to you if you wanted it from me. And I'm quite sure, Sherry, you would give them permission as well. Absolutely. You do have permission to live the beautiful, amazing life you deserve that you were born for. So Thanks that's a beautiful way to end this. So Vicki, tell us specifically, what do you do and how do you support people and how can they get in contact with you? So I think probably the easiest bit for, for your listeners that are based in the States or not based in the UK, although some will listen from England, is to get online and get in touch that way around. So all the social media channels, and I'm sure, Sherry, you'll stick them at the bottom of the notes. So Facebook, LinkedIn, all of that sort of stuff. You can connect there. You can send me a message. You can go along to my website and you can see it here, vickywoshay.com forward slash scorecard. Now that page has at the moment two, soon to be three, online questionnaires that allow you to go through a series of 30 questions and at the end of it will give you a personalized report and practical tips that you can follow to make a difference in your life 
that's the readiness to retire wealthy scorecard to have that wealthy life which is if you're watching this that's the um, orange book that's behind me the wealthy retirement plan the other one that's already written and published is the business health check so if you have a business you can take that scorecard and it will give you practical tips so you can take your business up to the next level and the one that i'm just finishing off if ever the weather is cool enough here that i can sit in the office long <laughs> enough to do it will be the property one which will be called invest assess but i would recommend to all of your listeners and viewers to take the readiness to retire wealthy scorecard you get the personalized report coming to your box it talks about the five pillars of a wealthy life which is about clarity what do you want your life to be like mm -hmm. control how much money do you need to live that life resources what can you draw on so that you can for leverage them to to earn for you and to provide you with the income so that you can get from enough to more than enough and if you want to much more than enough money to live the life that you want and then at the end of it legacy and you just go round the loop you do the activities reassess yourself find where you're weak again go back around the loop fill in the gaps work on the bits that are missing so it's a bit like if you're doing a workout if you've got weak arms do your bicep curls if you've got weak legs do that or do your tummy crunches whatever you need to do work that part of your life that is not performing and not supporting you to have the wealthy life you deserve and you want. Brilliant. That is amazing. So I'm just so grateful that you were with us, that you joined us and, and you spoke from this perspective. We don't talk about it enough. Um, and what I love is that you gave real life tools, practical things, just not the vision which you know, we can talk about, but here are some things that you can do to shift, to change your life. So thank you for joining us, Vicki. It's so appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Sharon. Sure. So for our listeners, you have these amazing skills that you can utilize to give yourself the life you deserve. Take a chance. Go to Vicki's website. Take the assessment. You don't have anything to lose there. But the choice now is yours. What happened in the past is the past. But right now you are responsible for your life. And you can choose to shift those beliefs that no longer serve you and have a wealthy, amazing life you deserve. See you next time on Belief Busters. Thank you for joining us on this exploration of belief systems. I hope this gives you permission to change your beliefs and subsequently the world. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and leave a review wherever you listen. You can reach me at info at preachitsister.com. I've also written a book, Turning Your Why Into Why Not, that gives you practical resources and steps that you can take to continue on the journey of exploring what your belief systems are. I look forward to seeing you next time on Belief Busters Podcast. See you on the flip side. <laughs>